trying something new is how new things happen in sports. It's how sports becomes more, more successful. And that's how change happens. And I think sports teams should be on the forefront of change. And, and so many of them are, and some of them are super close to, to, to going down that road as well. So let's get all of them traversing that road and helping make the dreams of people of all disabilities come true. You're listening to Sports Tech Feed, the global sports technology podcast. Hello and welcome to Sports Tech Feed. I'm your host, Thomas Loams. Great to have you joining us this week. On today's show, we have Bryce Wheeler, co-founder of the Beautiful Lives Project and disability consultant for the Baltimore Orioles. Bryce was born four months premature and developed an eye condition called retinopathy with prematurity that caused him to be blind. Bryce attended public school from elementary through his freshman year of high school and completed his high school education at the Indiana School for the Blind and Visually Impaired in Indianapolis. Bryce's passion for sports on the radio led him to commentating on radio sports broadcasts for the University of Evansville, where he earned a bachelor's degree in sports management and communication, and Western Illinois University, where he earned a master's degree in sports administration. After college, Bryce began developing programs for fans with disabilities. The first teams to join him in his work were the Baltimore Orioles and the New Britain Bees baseball team. And that's exactly what we're uh, focusing on today's episode. So we talk a lot about how to better engage fans, but implicit in most of these discussions and also the accompanying technology innovations is a focus on engagement for the able-bodied fan. One of the best things about sports is the ubiquitous unifying power it has over us as individuals and groups. And what I mean by that is it ignites something innate to us as human beings that transcends culture, class, race, and language. So disability physical or otherwise, should not be a barrier to sharing this fundamental human passion. And I will say this episode certainly doesn't hold all the answers how to best engage fans with disabilities, but I genuinely hope it creates questions for our listeners, especially in teams and leagues, as to what you're doing to make your particular patch of turf as inclusive to all fans as possible. And this is also a space where I truly believe technology has an important role in stepping up to provide solutions. I hope you enjoy the discussion and would love to hear your feedback. As always, you can contact me directly, thomas at sportstechworldseries.com or via LinkedIn, Thomas Alomes, that's A-L-O-M-E-S. Please feel free to reach out. Let me know good, bad and different. Um, always good to hear from you as a listener. You are listening to Sports Tech Feed and without further ado, here is Bryce Wheeler. Bryce Wyler, uh, co-founder of the Beautiful Lives Project. Welcome to Sports Tech Feed. Great to have you on the show. Thank you so much, Thomas, for having me on. So working as a disability uh, consultant, can you share a little bit how you came to be involved with the Baltimore Orioles? I got that role with, with Baltimore by contacting the president of their team and explaining to him how I'd been fortunate enough to sit on the Evansville men's basketball bench in college and how that had changed my life and how I wanted to give back to people of all disabilities to help them live their dreams in sports and to work to make stadiums more accessible for fans of all disabilities. Yeah, it's fantastic. And so can you outline a little bit of your work with the Orioles, like what you're responsible for and kind of what you've implemented there? I have ensured that tactile strips on the stairs are are in proper working fashion. I've also helped Baltimore become the first team in sports to wear Braille on their jerseys to honor people who are blind. So I helped with that event in 2018 when the Orioles were playing the Toronto Blue Jays. And 
work to ensure that that the fans who are blind who came to the game were able to have the best experience possible. I put food menus into Braille so that fans who are blind could read what there was to eat and drink. I also ensured the food menus were in large print. And I also ensured that there were places for the guide dogs of these individuals to uh, use the bathroom and things of that nature. Last season, we gave fans of all disabilities the opportunity to play on the field with the Orioles players and coaches before two home games at Camden Yards. Yeah, fantastic. And so, I mean, obviously, Sports Tech Feed, we're, we're talking all about technology. And, and today's episode will center on that. But I think one of the big pieces is talking about um, how technology is is in some ways failing where it, where it could be better. But just for people's context, what's some of the disability technology that you use every day, um, uh, just in your day-to-day life? I am blind, so I use a screen reading program on my laptop called JAWS, which stands for Job Access with Speech. It's made by Freedom Scientific. I also use uh, VoiceOver on my phone, which can read me things that are on the screen. I also have a talking scientific calculator, so I can... Um, figure out my, my, my checkbook and my other items such as that. Uh, those are the main uh, technology pieces that I use in my life. And as I work with sports teams across the country to help them hire individuals of all disabilities for high-level jobs, I often find that teams are a little nervous about hiring individuals of all disabilities, sometimes because they've never worked with someone before such as that, or they're nervous for the extra cost, say, that that, that setting up a special video phone service for someone who is deaf so they can communicate with the other individuals at their workplace or through phone calls and things like that. So I've seen some groups and teams being hesitant to hire individuals of all disabilities, even though they say that as a commitment that they want to undertake, it is not something that really happens. Yeah, and is that technology fairly easily accessible and available? So the technology can be easily purchased. It's just it can be a little bit expensive and teams, you know, they they want to be sure that they're going to have this this staff member for for a long time, because if they're going to invest 10 to 15 to 20 thousand dollars in technology as well as specialized training or specialized staff members who may have to come in to put in various um, pieces then they want to make sure that the staff member who they're hiring who might be blind or in a wheelchair or deaf is, is going to, to be at the team for a long time. So they could hire this individual to a contract to ensure that this person works for their team for three to five years or however long they think to, you know, needs to be done so they get the value of the extra money that, that they're putting or placing into this staff member. But if this person is, is bad at, at his or her job, which we hope does not happen, but sometimes just as when players in sports do not have very much success on the field and they're signed under contract for a number of seasons, the same thing could happen for a staff member who's being hired for a potential job. So I can I can understand it both ways, but these teams have so much money and funding that they could be giving more individuals of all disabilities the opportunities that they should be given to live their best life possible. And is that something as well with the coronavirus pandemic now that uh, most things are remote and work from home? Is it, and also with the advent of things like Zoom video call um, for someone who has, say, um, needs to lip read if, if they're deaf, 
is that something that you see that uh, it gives more opportunities to people with disabilities? I mean, if everyone's working from home and there's no physical office, then it doesn't have the consideration of, say, uh, making that space uh, wheelchair accessible, for instance. And this is just talking about staff members. I would say maybe, but also with a sports team, staffs probably aren't going to be working for working from their homes forever. They're going to back go back into the front office settings and, and maybe some people still may work from home, but I don't really think that the work working from home trend is going to last once once the country gets back to its normal uh, roles. Yeah. And so with in terms of now talking about the fan experience, what's um what are what are some of the things that teams and leagues can do to f- engage with fans and with a disability? Leagues could set standards for what all teams have to do to help individuals of all disabilities have the best experience possible because it can go from from one team to another can have such drastically different things. Some things teams could do would be having closed captioning boards. So just as individuals can watch closed captioning on their television sets. They could see on a board out in the outfield, closed captioning of all the things that were going on over the PA system from the batters that were coming up to the plate, to the audio of the videos that are being played and things such as that. For the food menus, if they don't want to put them into braille or into large print, they can use special apps that can load the various food menus on for their stadium or the restaurants in their stadium. Maybe teams could add that to their specialized app with scores and standings and, and all their other things, putting, putting the, the food menus on, um, on their apps. Mm. Many teams are setting up specialized rooms where fans who have trouble dealing with the noise at games can go, which is important. I also think that places in the stadium could be made slightly more accessible for individuals who cannot deal with the noise. Maybe they could set one or two suites aside, or one maybe, you know, two might be too much, but I don't think one would be a problem in most places. And they could have a, a sliding glass door on it, just like you may see on your house leading out to your deck and, and things like that. And through that, someone who has trouble dealing with the noise, they can slide that door open. You know, they might want it open halfway or a quarter of the way or two-thirds of the way. So really just trying to make things be as, as great as it can be for individuals of all disabilities. Mm. And so something like a autism spectrum um, disorder, someone who has uh, issues with that overstimulation and, and maybe a massive sports fan and want to enjoy it. But just the roar of the crowd is a little bit too much. So as you said, kind of uh, noise cancelling headphones or, or a safe uh, kind of quieter space that they can engage with that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, is that something that teams are, are doing very well at the moment in your experience in terms of Some catering teams- for people with disabilities? Some teams do do a really good job helping fans of all disabilities, but there's a large portion of teams that will pick two or three groups, and they'll do everything for two or three groups, say fans who have autism and fans who are blind maybe, or it just depends. When there's probably between nine to 12 groups and then you know different different levels of people in these groups, I just don't think that a team can pick one or two groups of fans and do everything for those two groups and, and really leave out you know, six or seven other groups of people because that isn't fair. And 
sometimes teams say, well, we don't get a higher percentage of people who are blind or people who use walkers or people who are totally deaf coming to our games. And I tell them, well, if that person who's coming was your son or your daughter or your nephew or your longtime best family friend, you'd want them to have the, the best experience possible. And even if it's only just for one person, three people, five people, whatever the case might be, teams always say they want every fan to have the best experience. And this is that opportunity in case where they need to be coming through with that. Yeah, definitely. The, all the talk about fan engagement, engaging the fans, meeting the fans where they are, um, personalization. Um, and, and that's all talked about in the context of, of the general fan in the sense of um, kind of able-bodied, um, uh, I'm not sure if that's the, the correct term, but, but people... That is the correct term or a yeah. term that you could use that is, that is mostly considered to be correct. Yeah. So uh, people without, without disabilities, is, is, it's, um, it's without saying teams are engaging with that. And then, I mean, uh, the example of, say, a touchscreen, um, which it, I, I think you have mentioned, it, it's impossible for someone who's blind to use a, a touchscreen. Um, yeah, touchscreens can be very hard for individuals who are blind. So, uh, you know, hopefully someone who's blind can get a high level job with a sports team. But if they don't have that work experience, so many of the jobs now would be hard for someone to do who's blind working in the team store, working at the concession stands. They all have touchscreens or, or certain variances of that. And that would be really hard for someone who's blind to, to do. Yeah. And I mean, that's the touchscreens are kind of on the way out with, um, with coronavirus, it's all about contactless, but it's interesting you mentioned the point around um, teams can kind of integrate uh, things into their existing apps and that, that existing kind of innovations within fan engagement, which is mobile forward um, is app forward is, is all of that. So uh, it, it shouldn't be too much um, extra cost or difficulty for fans who are for, sorry, for teams that are already working on this, to really consider and think about all of their fans, um, including those with, with disabilities. It's important to make things as simple as it can be and to give people a wide range of, of ways and opportunities to, to find or to consume whatever they're trying to consume. For example, having some food menus in Braille and large print and then putting it on an app or putting it on their website. So fans who like to pull it up on their iPhones or their other smartphones or other phones can do that and fans who still want to be able to read that braille menu or to see that large print menu when it's safe to, to do those types of things can 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 do that yeah yeah definitely and I mean how did you kind of we're jumping all over the all over the shop here but um I think you've got a really interesting personal story so I'd love to share a little bit of that how did you you come to be involved in sports um and and especially within the kind of disability consultant space for sports teams. I, I grew up listening to sports on the radio, listening to the St. Louis Cardinals. And, and I started trying to find jobs when I finished my, my time in college and in graduate school. And after doing my, my undergraduate work and I never could really find a job because I wouldn't tell people that I was blind because people who are blind or deaf or, or whatever the case might be, they're often told they should not share if they are blind or deaf or whatever, because that's something someone does not have to share. So 
I would never tell people that, but they would always find that out from reading some articles that have been written about me or seeing some pictures of me on the internet. And it would really take me off of jobs. I would be one of the last few candidates and then they'd suddenly find out that I was blind and I'd never hear from, from the staff again, whether it was a sports job or a sales job or something outside of sports. So I thought about all of that. And in the summer of 2016, I decided to teach myself how to work to help people of all disabilities to be able to live their dreams and to make stadiums more accessible and to help hire individuals of all disabilities for high-level jobs. So I spent three months on the internet teaching myself everything that I could, reading up on the laws and court cases and things that hadn't been put through court cases yet. And that was really when I started doing all of this. And I started being Baltimore's disability consultant in June of 2016. Yeah, great. And, and also, can you share a little bit about your nonprofit, the Beautiful Lives Project? So the Beautiful Lives Project works to help people of all disabilities to live their dreams by taking part in programs with sports teams or doing programs where people of all disabilities can experience music or doing programs in nature, art, cheerleading, dance, ballet. Uh, programs all across the country with the sports side of it we give individuals of all disabilities the opportunity to play on the field with high school teams college teams professional teams and those could be in sports such as baseball basketball softball soccer football we even try golf or other sports like that if someone was interested in taking part and we have chapter presidents all across the country and Dallas, Raleigh, North Carolina, Green Bay, Wisconsin, Hartford, Connecticut, Los Angeles, California. If people would like to pull up our website, it's www.beautifullives.org, beautifullives.org, and they can sign up to be a chapter president or host an event or volunteer at an event. And they could also contact me at Bryce at beautifullives.org, B-R-Y-C-E at beautifullives.org. Cool. And uh, in terms of sports teams um, looking to and leagues looking to kind of understand um, how they can cater better to people with disability, obviously your services are, are available, but um, if they're kind of not quite ready on that journey, is there what other suggestions can you make for how they should be thinking? Um, basically, the kind of the UX, the, the user experience, the, the UI, the user um, interface, like what what is... Like, what is the kind of top of mind thing that they really should, should be thinking about? I can't say you could pick one thing over another. I consider all of them important and just as important as another. So I guess whatever level of these types of programs that a team wants to go for, I would try to help them with that or to share with them how they could accomplish that level. But I would try to do everything or as quickly as a team could get to doing everything that I've mentioned so far, plus other things I haven't gotten into, because you want all of your fans to have a good experience. You don't want upset fans. You don't want negative articles being written or, or you know, negative media coming out of national groups that can represent all these groups of people who may be blind or having autism and uh, people in wheelchairs, things like that. So I just think that as that it's really important and it's it's 2020 now. I don't really think teams can can be picking one thing over another um, unless there may be a smaller team such as a minor league baseball team or a smaller college, then 
I could understand that a little bit. But whatever level teams are are ready to jump in at or to try to improve on or change, I'm ready to help them. Okay, great. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Bryce. Is there um is there anything else you'd like to share with our audience about the work that you're doing or um or if it's whether it's the work with the, the Orioles or Beautiful Lives Project? We just really work to help individuals of all disabilities be able to live their dreams and to have their best experience possible, whether it's with Baltimore at Camden Yards or throughout the other events we do all across the country. And we don't let barriers and obstacles and especially stereotypes stand in our way. I think so often when someone thinks about hiring someone who's blind or they just think about how can this person do this job because he or, he or she can't see. What if this person gets, they get hurt on the job? Or you know, one time someone may have tried to help someone who's blind and the person who's blind really just was kind of rude about taking that help. So don't let stereotypes stand in your way and don't let people tell you, oh, you know, you shouldn't do that because I wouldn't do that if I was you. Trying something new is how new things happen in sports. It's how sports becomes more, more successful, and that's how change happens. And I think sports teams should be on the forefront of change, and, and so many of them are, and some of them are super close to, to, to going down that road as well. So let's get all of them traversing that road and helping make the dreams of people of all disabilities come true. Yeah, fantastic. I mean, well said. And, and Bryce, final question for you that we uh, ask all of our guests. What is your favorite sporting moment of all time? My favorite sports moments are every time that I'm able to give someone the opportunity to play on the field with sports teams, whether it's in Baltimore or during some of our Beautiful Lives Project events, giving them the opportunity to play on the field or the court with their favorite teams and being able to experience their, their satisfaction of being able to live their dreams of doing something that they never thought they would able, be able to do in their life or doing something that they have not been able to do in a long time, maybe because of, of some sickness or possibly being in a car accident that's caused them to have different obstacles and challenges to overcome in their life. So those those same feelings that I get from, from these programs are the same types of feelings that sports teams can get from what we've talked about so far and from doing these same types of programs on their courts or fields across the country. Yeah, fantastic. All right, well, thank you so much for your time today, Bryce. Um, I'll make sure I include a link to the Beautiful Lives Project in the show. Um, and if anyone wants to get in touch with you, they can do uh, so through that. And and hopefully we have some teams that are thinking about this or, or maybe even weren't thinking about it at all. It wasn't really across their radar and now it's, the, it, it's um, something that they are considering in, in how to best serve all of their fans. So uh, thank you again for your time and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. That sounds fantastic, Thomas. I appreciate you so much having me on your show. Thanks, Bryce. And there you have it. That was Bryce Wheeler, co-founder for the Beautiful Lives Project. Uh, amazing personal story that Bryce has and, and great to see that he's turning his passion and his personal experience um, into some positive change uh, working with teams. So if you do want to reach out to him, uh, I will leave his contact details in the show notes. Um, also, if you wanting to be a chapter president, um, get involved with the Beautiful Lives Project, uh, helping people with disabilities experience that, that kind of firsthand, um, you know, rush of being on the field and and having that 
that sporting experience, then then also reach out to him. Um, I know he really wants to to spread the word of the the work that he's doing. I certainly got a lot uh, to think about from from the episode and some things that I hadn't really considered. Certainly, you can get very excited about technology innovations, but um, as always, you've got to think about the end users and and not just the kind of small subset that that are exactly how you are and whether that is on physical disability or or any the multitude of of other things that make us all different unique human beings um you need to understand all of your users um so that's something that i'm hopefully going to be taking forwards when i have these discussions about particularly fan engagement and some exciting tech and and all that that's on the horizon so if you're like me and you, you kind of had probably more questions than you had answers from this episode then um please feel free to reach out i'd love to continue the discussion um, either on LinkedIn or on email. So Thomas at sportstechworldseries.com, uh, Thomas Loams on LinkedIn. And uh, looking forward to seeing you next week on Sports Tech Feed where we continue the discussion. Yeah.